Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. I know, surprise. Yes. <laughs> He's back. He's back. It's like a fungus on my foot I caught in the shower, dude. It won't go away. <laughs> Big sales here, man, with Barrett Brooks here on the middle. Dude, man, crazy, huh, man? I mean. Everything is crazy, man. Every, You know what? This world is crazy. I mean, what, what I'm watching on the news, I'm like, man. And one thing about this country that's so awesome, man, is that, you know, we get to do this and we get to talk and we get to do sports. And I'm watching people sitting in a subway, you know, playing on their phones or doing that. And I'm like, man, I'm so thankful I'm an American. I really am. I'm no just, question. No question. I'm so thankful. What do you make before we get going here? What do you make of the Brittany Griner stuff? Brittany Griner. I just, see, you got me throwing a little. Hey, me, wait. So check it out. She got detained three weeks ago. In Russia, because she had a vape pen. Dude, a vape pen. And the Russians got her now. (laughs) What? Yeah, they got her. She's being detained. Come on, man. No, hey. She's being detained by the Russian government because she's got vape pens. Wow. (laughs) Wow. Two-time gold medalist. Right. Putin's like this. Hey, man, this chick's too good to let go back. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I like to cheat and shit. So, (laughs) hey, man. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah. It is absolutely upside down. Dude, I want to start first and foremost. By the way, I'll tell you what. We were talking about the Cowboys. And the Cowboys are in disarray right now as we go on the air here. But I got to tell you, I don't know how much of the combines you watched. But I got to tell you, man, today's dudes, the big dudes, these guys are some of the best athletes I have ever seen, Barrett. I mean, you got this kid, Jordan Davis, running a 478 at 341 pounds. Bro, that's, that's it's almost, I thought the clock was broke, man. How He's are they running that fast? Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> He's faster than Patrick Mahomes. Bro, it's ridiculous, man. It's ridiculous. I can't believe the athleticism. And Barrett, here's the other thing, too, man. I mean, the kid Evan Neal, you see him doing those one-legged box jumps, too? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the guy looks like he's 260 pounds. Barrett, these guys, the big dudes, I mean, when they ran their 40s and they were doing their hula hoop on the defensive end side and the DTs, these what are, are they some feeding of the them? biggest people I've ever seen and best athletes I've ever seen. 
What are they feeding these kids, man? You got offensive tackles running four eight, defensive linemen three forty running four sevens. I mean, I can remember Mike Mamula. I think Mumu ran like a four six at defensive end, but he was only like two sixty, two fifty. You know, when he was when he was drafted in the first round, first pick by the Eagles. Now they got D linemen running four sevens. Come on, man. What are they feeding these kids? Hey, and three forty one. Three forty one, man. I mean. What did pinning run? Pinning run like a four, a four seven also a four eight also. The tackle. I, I, I got to tell you this, Barrett. That kid from NC State. Yes. Oh, he's he is impressive, man. I, I, I tell you, Neil's gonna get the publicity because he's a Bama guy. But dude, man, this this kid too, he moves well. I think he ran. I think he ran a sub five. Right. Right. I mean. I mean, I'll tell you something, man. You're not going to go wrong, and there's going to be a lot of people. There's going to be a lot of people, Barrett, that are going to get some good football players. If you go D-line, O-line, I don't think you're going to be – I don't think you're going to go wrong here with this. And and you know what, too? They put a great show on, didn't they? Yeah, they did. It was really – a. I liked what the DBs did at the end of the combines. They The NFL has done such a great job with non-football events. Think of this for a second here. So the draft is a, an event of itself for three days of drinking. Your buddies are hanging out at bars. You know, you're looking at draft boards and such. Now they've got the combines. You know, Barrett, I'm, sh- I'm shocked that they haven't, they haven't sent the combines around to certain cities where fans could go in and watch this thing yet because – to me, this is another great event that if you could get all those folks to show up, like in Philadelphia this year, I think it's in Vegas, the draft. If you could get people to show up there, like that people would just flock to see these young guys um, that, 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 that go to the NFL combines. I know that. I think they're trying to, I think they're invention yeah. for, the, for the NFL guys, but what do you think? I think they should, they should go to different cities. Cause right now, Indianapolis, I think they put it there just because it's the middle of the, yeah. you know, the country. You know, it's more feasible for them to go up there. Um, I don't necessarily think that um, they're going to. Like, this track had to be fast, man. I mean, you had, what, eight, nine guys, uh, sub four threes. Are you kidding me? Come on, man. Come on. That's ridiculous. I mean, How what are they feeding the ran a four, two, three from Baylor. And he's not even – and, you know, see, there's another thing. You know, you, you know this kid uh, – Kalen Barnes ran a four-two-three, and he wasn't even the best corner on on um, on his team. He was like second, second best cornerback, like the third best DB on the team. But he ran a four-three, which is going four-two-three, which is going to get him looked at. You can't coach speed. Speed is no. just got you're just there. Who but, was the guy? Who was the guy uh, Barrett that played for the Titans? That was Chris, was it Chris Johnson? Yes, Chris Didn't Johnson. He run like four-three-three and. They, yep. they just went like this. They said exactly what you said. They went like this. Hey, man, you can't coach speed. Uh, we're going to draft him. Turned out to be one of the best backs in the game during his time. Well, Chris um, Chris was a freak of nature, bro. With some other guy, he was, he was for, an, uh, for a running back, he was fairly small. Yeah. But he knew how to run in between the tackles, run outside. You know, and, and you know, he's one of those guys, man, It was just a, a generational talent as far as speed, athletic ability. And knowing how to play the game, put it all together. There's a lot of guys that couldn't put it all together, like Jet from the Raiders back in the day. He was fast, but he wasn't really a weapon weapon. He just was one trick pony. Well, Chris could do it all, run in between the tackles, catch out the backfield, you name it, he could do it. 
there's certain guys that is fast and just fast for nothing. Like Dion was one of those guys that he never ran as fast as um he could. Never had yeah. to. He was hey, always did one you, of the fast. Hey, the story bared on him running that that four one mm-hmm. was that you know supposedly he wasn't gonna run, and so like he ran and he ran a four. See, this is combine. This is combine stuff. The the, the legend of Bo is that Bo ran a three nine. What? Yeah, the legend. If you Google it, the legend of Bo Jackson on his pro day at Auburn was that he ran a three nine. <laughs> just listen to that. Listen to what you just said. Not a four flat, but a three nine. Three nine. Supposedly, Dion ran a four one. Right. Right. Yeah, and and like you know that those are two of the fastest. And I was like four two three, man. I think you might want to run that by Chris Johnson. He says he, he Chris was what he ran a four. He ran a four two one, I think. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Well, yeah. put it like this with well, Dion. Just like you said, the legend Dion. I heard Dion went to the combine, and um, he wasn't going to run or anything. He wasn't going to do anything at the combine. You know, maybe meet with a couple of teams. But he turned around. He went out there. He had on the sweats. Yeah. And, you know, for the, for you know, work out. He got there. They started talking trash to him. He yes. went lined up, ran that four nine. Yeah. Then he just kept running. Kept yeah. running around, grabbed his clothes, and ran out the gym. I mean, he ran out the stadium. Went home, caught the plane home after that. Dude, I told a story on Friday about Jerome, man. I This dude, I'm in there working out, and I did a pro day because juniors couldn't go back in the day to the combines. They can now if you're right, going right. to declare. You couldn't. And I was a junior, so I didn't go to the combines. And – um so Jerome gets in there, dude, I'm working out. I'm getting ready. You know, I got weight belts on. I got knee wraps on. I'm getting ready to go down. Jerome walks in. I, I, I may have told you this, man. No. This guy's got a bucket of chicken, KFC. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. And he goes, what are we doing? What are we doing? And I'm going, well, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm my pro day here. And he goes, what is it? I go, it's 610 pounds. He goes, well. So he puts his belt, no weight belt, no knee wraps, no nothing, down and up, picks his bucket up and goes, is that what, is that, what that is? Well, God, I, I fucking hate that guy. I hate, I hate that guy. Okay? I got a weight belt on. I got, like, knee wraps on. And I just go, I hate that guy. I just legitimately hate that guy. And, 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 and they're looking over. He goes, that was incredible. I go, right, no warm-up, no nothing. He just goes down and up, right? Hey, hey, man. Hey, let me tell hey, you a story. Where's my, right. where's my bucket of chicken? Uh, I was like, over there, dude. Just get out of here, please. Just go away from me, will you? Steelers, check this out, man. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm playing with the Steelers. And you know Casey Hampton. Yeah. Strong as an ox, Big man. dude. Strong. Yeah. Big old country kid. Bro, we're in there. He's in there. Um, It's just before practice. It's like maybe, maybe an hour before practice. So he wants to go in and get a little light workout in before he goes out. Well, you know, he starts filling them stuff. You know, so we're doing – we start off, you know, we, we work our way up. We got 315. We both did it for a set of 10 and racked it. And then as soon as Joey poured, we call him Peasy. Peasy walks in. He starts hollering and cussing at Peasy. Oh, man, you ain't strong. Get out of here. You know, and, and, and talking crazy to him. Say, you strong, Peasy? You strong? Casey Hanson went up there, put a plate on these side, uh, porch out. So I put a plate on both sides. That's 405. Yeah. Went, ah, boom. He repped it for two. Boom. A rack. <laughs> you ain't got nothing on the Peasy. Peasy <laughs> jumps up. He said, you, who are you talking to? Who are you talking to? Who are you talking to? Bro, he got so fired up and so mad at Casey talking about lifting. 
<laughs> he went over to my bar, had three places on his steel. He does it for a set of five. Ah, racks it. Turns around, walks over to where Casey is. Starts grabbing his own. Ah, ah. He gets on the 405. Does it for a set of six. <laughs> racks it. Boom. Brings it. Ah, racks it. Looks at Casey Hampton. Looks at him. Walks out the um, weight room. Walked out and went home. He didn't even work out that day. He didn't even work out. He didn't even go to practice or nothing. Went home after that. It's yeah, a exactly. mic drop. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody it's said a, a word drop. to him. Nobody said a word. So we told, so we told BC, let's go, BC, hey, man, Joey just got pissed off, man. He said, what, what, what did he get pissed off for? Casey was yelling at him, and he stood up there. He got with, uh, 405 for a set of six. 405 for the set of six. Now, you, mind you, this is like week 10 of the season. Yeah. 405 man, for a set of six. For a set of six. Yeah. Yeah, he's got the day off. <laughs> Let yeah, him go. Yeah, <laughs> no, man. It, dude, week 10. Let him go. Holy. See, some of these guys are just country strong, dude. Right. I mean, I, I, don't, don't matter what it is. I mean, like we were talking about the Samoan dudes, man. I mean, dude, they get under there and they just lift out. Whatever you do, they'll do. Yeah, exactly. Like, like I mean, I, I got 500 pounds on there. Mark Tunay's doing 500 pounds. I mean, I'm like, <laughs> you told me you never did 500. He goes, I didn't think I, I think I didn't think I could. I'm like, man, <laughs> this guy's got strength. You don't even know. All right. Country boy strength. Hey, Barrett, you know, I, I told you, and again, I think this all goes in line here with what we saw at the NFL combines now were that we saw, and I, I've got some targets. I got some guys that the Eagles could target here. I'm going to get to those dudes in a second here. Um, but the Cowboys, they're now talking that they're going to have to release Amari Cooper and Demarcus Lawrence. They let they already released uh, Amari Cooper, so Cooper's gone. Demarcus Lawrence is next. Wow, how do you do that? You, that means Gregory's gone and Demarcus Lawrence is gone. They may they may be getting rid of Demarcus Lawrence to try to keep Gregory. Because are you going to lose both your edge rushers? Right, right. And Look you, at where the Eagles are in right now. They're not thinking of having to cut anybody. They're right. they're under the cap. They got all that commodity. They they're going to be twenty six million under the cap. They've got first round draft choices out the wazoo here. Would you would you go after either Amari Cooper? Let's start there. Yes. Would the Eagles have in- <laughs> Yes. Why? Because he's a veteran player. They don't have that veteran presence. Uh, in that room, and a veteran presence in that room can really teach them what it is to be an NFL receiver. These guys are just going off talent right now, but there's little things that you could do, like stemming. You know, what I'm saying when you when you when you're going against the DB, look him straight in his eyes, run up on his toes, and then make you move. Those are little things that you know you can do it and show these guys as a as a as a um, young wide receiver what to do. I mean, little things as far as body lean on the guy, lean on the guy, make sure you don't. Know, you lean it and then move out or use that lean fake and then go back across him because he knows you're trying to get it. Those are all little things that a veteran receiver can help him out in crunch time. Kind of look like what's look at what's going on with the, with the Sixers. You know what I'm saying? You, you look at Harden, Harden getting with Maxi and telling him, Hey man, I need you to do this. And him, ever since he's been there, he's shown him how to be a score in, you know, on a team like, you know, the Sixers. You've got Embiid there, but he's showing how to – he can evenly give the ball to Embiid, give the ball to Harden, and become a scorer himself. That's what veteran presence does. That's why I was on the Steelers team for four years. Not because, you know, I, I could play, but it was more so I had the experience to help these young guys 
really take it to the next level. The, the you know, the Max, you know, Max, Chris Kimuatu, um, you know, all these young guys that they had there, they just weren't refined enough to play. They needed a little bit of this to get them to that next level. They would use me as a player type of coach to get them guys going. Plus, they knew on game they could just dress me and I could, you know, I could handle all, all the positions. But it was more so to be a liaison to these younger players. That's why I stuck around so long. Let me, let me let me say this though, okay? For you to have a guy like that in Philly, you're gonna have to overpay him because the quarterback's gonna go like this. That guy can't get me the ball, so yep. you're gonna have to put more money in the bag for him to really even look up and say, you know, I could see Amari going. I'd like to play against the Cowboys twice a year. You know, exactly. I mean, exactly. To get an opportunity to go back, but for me. I think Amari, who was going to be a $20 million hit against the cap, he's going to go like this. I need to go to a place that's going to give me a chance to win a Super Bowl. Also, that's going to give me a chance to make a lot of money. Man, he look, if I were him, I might even entertain wanting to maybe go back to the Raiders. That might be a scenario for him with Josh McDaniel. Derek Carr loves the kid too. You know, I mean, it was a big deal when he got dealt to the Cowboys. So that could be something that could go back. But for Amari Cooper and the Eagles, I think it's a really a tougher putt to get him than even DeMarcus Lawrence because DeMarcus Lawrence is a defensive player, man. He could go in and make an impact anywhere on any football team. Amari's a wide receiver. You know these diva dudes, man. They want to get their targets. They want to get their catches. Some of these guys are even like this, Barrett. Hey, fuck it if we win. I don't care. As long as I get 14 targets – Eight catches, 130 yards. I'm good. That's what I'm trying to get in my in my contract with all my bonuses. So w- would you think that Howie would go like this? All right, I'll pay him $13, $14 million to bring him in. Absolutely. Because he doesn't really have the quarterback. Do you think he'd pay him? Well, I mean, you look at it, he he's kind of he kind of has the same quarterback in um in Hertz here. But with play action, it'll open up. You know, his game, his game opened up because they ran play action That's well a great enough point. to open it up. You're so, right. You know, that got better. That got better when Amari showed up in Dallas. You're right. Exactly. So he, I, I bet he would think he could do the same thing for a guy like Hurts, especially with the running game that they like, they have. The, uh, the, look at, look at the um, offensive line that they have. Um, with them leading the NFL in rushing yardage can only help him out yeah. because he, there's like now – they're going to put in an extra tackle. They're going to put in an extra um, tight end, run this play action, and then you have him one-on-one on the outside because they got to put a guy inside the box to stop the run. They're going to be run heavy. So which will leave him a lot of times one-on-one against the, a, a corner or maybe even if you put a, a you double team, with will say he can run past the safety. So it's kind of, you know, a, 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 it's kind of an instant that, all right, if I do come here, I'll have more scenarios to get the ball because it's going to open up because they're going to run, they're going to run the ball play action. And that's exactly what happened with Dak as his career went along. The better the run game was, the more wide open he was during passing downs. Absolutely. Uh, Now, now here, this is the guy, I mean, dude, if you give me to Marcus Lawrence and I draft a kid as an edge rusher, or I make, an opportunity to be able to go out and get a linebacker or dude, the cornerback position is going to be so deep in the NFL draft. I mean, you're going to get a great player in rounds two, three yep. that are going to fall through the a gap here. But would you rather go into the draft to get a 
edge rusher or would you want a proven dude? And he also hurts your opponent inside the division. I mean, Demarcus Lawrence not being on that Dan Quinn defense. <laughs> hey, man, I tell you, I mean, I, I'm gonna say the yes. reason I think they're cutting him is because he's not living up to the contract. But I'll tell you what, the Eagles don't have anybody on their defense right now that gets you the type of um, pressure on the quarterback that this guy would bring into your building. Demarcus Lawrence, what do you make of him on the Eagles? Or should the Eagles look go after him? He's going to command a good penny as well. I'm going to say yes again. I'm going to say yes to both, though. I'm going to say yes to getting somebody like Demarcus Lawrence in free agency and drafting in the first round, Get put using one of those first-round picks to get a young pass rusher uh, to come into the fold. Be, simply because you need a guy that's going to grow up there. I mean, Brandon Graham is my dude, but Grant, Brandon Graham, is he's up at year 11 now. You know, so how much longer does he have? You know, how much gas does he have in the tank? I believe he's going to be good, you know, for the next, you know, year and a half. Yeah, he'd be fine. But you got to start getting the guy um, mentored and in the fold now to be that 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 double-digit sack guy. Uh, we talked about it time and time. In the last 10 years, they've only had one guy with 10 or more sacks. There have been no double-digit sack guys. So you need a guy to come in and, and grow up through it. Plus, you need a guy now to win now. And to weaken your, your, your division foe like that is only, you know, Gravy on the mashed potatoes, bro. It's gravy on the mashed potatoes. Dude, the last guy um, that Jerry Jones let loose went to Denver. Guy put a Hall of Fame career together in Denver, man. I mean, <laughs> right. dude, I, I told you, Barrett, the Cowboys now, I mean, look at what they're doing now. They're going like, here's the difference between the front offices, in Philadelphia and in Dallas. One front office is going, Man, how do we, how are we going to get under the salary cap here? We're third worst in the cap. How are we going to get down like that? We got to cut this guy. We got to cut this. I was shocked they stayed on Zeke, but then I realized that they own fifty million in guarantees, yes. and it would be a massive hit against the salary cap. So maybe next year will be the year that they move off him because the kid Pollard, in my opinion, Barrett, he's more productive. Than Zeke. Every time they get him on the field, and he only makes eight hundred fifty thousand dollars. I don't know. Okay, Zeke makes four hundred seventy three thousand dollars a game. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a game. Hey, did that ever? But hey, were you ever in a situation where you had a guy that was making gigantic money, and you were out playing, and you were better than, and the guy was still making the money, man? Tell me that didn't aggravate you, man. When it you're did, looking man. Over, but you don't want to be a jackass to the guy because he's your boy. But you're like this. How's that guy making double what I'm making? Bro, it, it was a lot. It happened to me a lot during the last couple of years of my career. Because I look at this guy coming in and, and 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 you know what I'm saying, we get our checks, man. He's making 100 grand more than me a week. <laughs> but yet, yet, yet. He couldn't hold my jock, but he just during that time period, he was younger than out two or three years younger than me. And, uh, you know, they thought that they saw more of an upside. And the more and more they saw it, they thought they saw that upside, the more and more they were disappointed in why they had this guy on the roster. You know, so I eventually, I eventually outplayed those guys and out, out, you know, outlived those guys as far as an NFL career. But it's irritating as hell when you look at your check and look at his check and he's making 100000 more than you. And you know this guy's trash too, bro. Trash. Hey, 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 Barrett. So my 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 rookie year, 
Um, I go like this, man. I get my first paycheck. I didn't have direct deposit in 87. I just had to give right. me a hard check. <laughs> so they would put your checks on. They put your checks. I think it was either. Used to be two. I know now they direct deposit, I think, on Tuesdays. Uh-huh. I think it's Tuesday. So we got our checks like on Wednesday. So we go in there and I go, wow. And the first time I go, man, $42,000. I mean, my <laughs> grandpa didn't make this thing. He didn't make this in. And in, in, in his whole year as a fireman, I'm looking at it, 42 grand. Vinny Testaverde comes over my shoulder. He goes, man, look at that. That's really a lot of money, huh? Then he shows me his check, $257,000. Right. I was like, <laughs> get the hell out of here, man. Get the hell out of here. I'm like, you you, you, you make $250,000 a week? And he goes, this is back in the day, you know? And he's like, yeah. I, make two, I was like, I'm looking at my little 40 grand. I'm going, Damn. <laughs> Shit. Hey, Leroy Solomon goes like this. You want to see a better one? How about this one? This was 350000 I went, <laughs> everyone's like, me the checks. I'm like, shit, man. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like in poverty over here, man. Right, dog. No, like, it, it's just what it was, man. I'm, I, I can remember, um, you know, when I was in Cleveland, your boy. But, um, they used to tell me. Uh, talk Butcher. To, right, right, right. They used to tell me, hey, what are you doing, man? I can't. Oh, I can hey, stand him. Get, get him out of there. Get him out of there. I couldn't stand him, man. But um, I was sitting back and I heard stories about Zeus. Remember Zeus? The big tackle? Yeah. Big Brown. Orlando Brown. Bro, they said that dude was, you know, he'd have checks in his suit. Like, I mean, the Brown is a great organization. They run things great. Like, By the I way, mean, they I, franchise I, tagged him today. Uh, who? Orlando Brown. Oh, did they? Well, yeah. they, you knew they were going to do that. You knew that. They I didn't think he played that hot. He didn't, but there, it's not a but lot they of they gave up there. too much to the uh, Ravens for him. Ah, da, da. That's the biggest thing. But his pops, man, would, um, God rest his soul, but his pops, they used to dry clean your suits. Like, if you need your suits dry clean, all you had to do yeah. was just give them to the, give them to the uh, equipment guys, and they sent it out to get dry cleaned. Well, they would send it out to get dry cleaned, and he would have, like, two checks of, like, $270,000 each check. <laughs> In his suits because he didn't trust banks, they'd have to come down the upstairs to come out and tell him, Hey, look, Zeus, you got our books all messed up, man, because you haven't cashed any of your checks this year. He's like, This is like week 13, he hadn't cashed any of his checks. That's crazy, you know. That's <laughs> hey, that, hey, I show up to deposit my sign and bonus for the first time at this thing called NCB Bank. <laughs> I show up, I got I got $375,000. I got a I got a guinea cutoff T-shirt. I got coaches shorts on. Remember them old coaches yep. shorts? I got <laughs> I got coaches shorts. I'm sitting in my Corvette, and I go like this. I hand a chick, and I go, "Listen, I don't. How do I do this? I don't even have a bank account. Here's a check for three hundred. She goes, "Mr. Cilio, um, Mr. Culverhouse, and those said that you'd be coming over because you know he owns this bank." I go, "He owns this bank. Give me the check back." <laughs> Oh, to another bank. (laughs) I said, and I went to, no, 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 no. And I went to, I said, no, that's okay. So I walk in there, man. I'm sitting down there in a guinea tea, like a a Rocky. Hey, you know, I want to get a snow cone, you know, a snow cone (laughs) machine. And, you know, hey, I'll probably get Paulia. You know, what do you want, a snow cone machine? I'm doing, I'm, I'm, I'm signing. I get my, pay, my my check, man. I, I show up there. Everyone's laughing their ass off. I walk out in flip-flops and coach's shorts and a guinea t-shirt on. 
<laughs> I just deposited $375,000. That was my bonus. And I'm like, man, I called my grandpa up. He goes, I'll be gone in about a year. <laughs> man, I tell you what, I was Italian rich, brother. <laughs> I, I, I'm buying stereos. I got cars, man. The only car I didn't own, Barrett, was a, was a Ferrari. I had everything else. I had a 911. I had a um, Quadraport, uh, Maserati. I what? had my vet. I had three cars at once. Yeah, I was. Bro. And then I bought a Lotus. My dad goes, you don't fit in it. And I go, yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> no way. No way you can fit in it. I Lotus, learned bro. after that, dude, to save as much money as I possibly could. Bro, that's that, that's the only way you can do it, man. I got, I tell people all the time, man, it's, the NFL stands for not for long. You bet. Not for long. Because you, you just don't know hey, um, how much time you get. Do you think the Eagles should throw a first-round draft choice at this kid, Malik Willis? No. How about no. a second? He, he He's not going to last. Yes. I, I, don't I don't know if he, he lasts to the second, but, man, he's so raw. He's the number two quarterback in this draft. There's no way he lasts through the first round. You know, I mean, he, it, it, you got you got to get through Pittsburgh. You got to do a lot of places. Now, you expend the first round even to get up to him. I doubt seriously because you know the NFL, they go in runs when it comes to the draft. If somebody picks up a, a defensive end, it's going to be a run of defensive ends. Somebody gets a corner, it's going to be a, a you know just just a bunch of corners going through. It has a lot to do with 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 how they approach the draft and where they want. I don't think that they want to. If they're going to get a quarterback, they're going to get somebody that can play right now. And there's only probably two guys, no one or two guys that. We'll even get that opportunity in this draft to do that. I don't think they're ready. I don't think, you know, this team would waste that time going through and, and maturing another quarterback. If they're going to go with somebody, they're going to get somebody that's already been in the league. They don't have time to go mature a quarterback right now. Yeah, I don't want I don't want a project. Right, exactly. exactly. They're not – I mean, exactly. I'm sick of projects. They've just gone through two of them. Yeah. <laughs> right? Don't you want a guy with at least an arm that's got – here – to me, the Eagles have to improve on one thing, accuracy, okay? Accuracy. Get a quarterback who's got a quarter. They haven't really – hey, if you think about it, you tell me if I'm wrong. They haven't had an NFL arm in that building since Foles. Mm, I'm not even going to say Foles. You, think, you uh, think Carson had a better NFL arm? No, I think, I think the best arm they've had in the last – 10 years, 20 years, probably be Mac. Other than that, I mean, strong arm, like Vic has probably had the strongest arm out of all the quarterbacks. But the best quarterback arm, like Stafford, like that kind of arm that you know he's a pro quarterback. You think the the last quarterback they've had has been Donovan McNabb? Yeah, I mean, as a starter. I don't view Foles as a starter, so I wouldn't put him Agreed. in. I, I, I believe Vic – had the strongest arm. I, I viewed him as a starter. But other than that, I mean, there's been guys that come in and I, I, I don't think that I don't think that he was better. I don't think Carson was better than Mac. You know, so I think McNabb was a better no five was a better McNabb's ten times better. Right. No so I, I I couldn't yeah. put Carson in that in that same discussion as far as the best quarterback to come through here. Um I would I mean, put it's it tough to say to you, Barrett. I think McNabb is a borderline Hall of Fame player. Yeah, borderline, you know, and you borderline. let him tell it. You let Probably him tell no. it. Probably yeah. no, but he's a borderline Hall of Fame quarterback. He's still the best quarterback to come through Philadelphia. That's for daggone sure. 
That's for damn sure. Absolutely. But I think he's better than Randall. Yep, he is better than Randall. And I played with Randall. And Randall didn't get – he didn't become great until he became that fast – that that drop-back quarterback and stayed in the pocket and only ran when he had to is when he went to Minnesota. John Gruden hated him. Oh, no question. (laughs) Hey, dude, it's not because of his ability. It's because he was – he was a, like a preacher prayer kind of guy. And John's not, John hates that kind of stuff. He goes, what's my quarterback praying for? I, we don't pray on here. <laughs> I was like, look at that guy praying over there. Get off your knees, man. I don't, it's something coming about. Dog, man. Well, you know what? Gruden also didn't like him because he never studied the way Gruden wanted him to yeah, study. Right. Gruden wants a guy that's going to be in there and be a locker room junkie. He wants you to be in yeah. there and watch film, a film junkie. He wants you to do all ball, nothing else but all ball. He 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 likes guys that are kind of like almost assistant coaches kind of mentality. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like like, right. like that. All right, Barrett, I got some guys that performed really well at the draft. I want to get your up thumbs up, thumbs down. Play like your Caesar. Because these guys really performed well. I mean, I thought the combines were really outstanding. I thought the whole yep. entertainment, I thought how the NFL put it on was absolutely exceptional. I'm sure you got some guys, too, you want to throw in there, too. So we'll do that. Back at three minutes here on the middle. Big Sills, Barrett Brooks, back at three. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view. It goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the wind. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian. In my heart, I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank.
to the middle, Dan Cilio, Barrett Brooks. Um, how about Washington coming out today, Barrett, and saying that uh, they've offered the Houston Texans a trade package for Deshaun Watson that, again, uh, barring any kind of stuff that pops up because of these cases, um, you got to say Washington is being very active. They've last week said that they'd like a conversation with Seattle, pretending maybe on getting an opportunity of making a trade for Russell Wilson. And now they've got a trade package on the table. Chase Young's name's involved in it. And if you're Lovey Smith, you're looking at a perennial pass rusher. You're getting a player and you're getting future draft choices. I mean, you know, that's one thing right now that Houston needs. I don't think Houston needs a ton of draft choices. They need players. Yep. They need football players on that team, and they need to change the culture in the building to make guys like you want to go like this. Man, I'd love to play in Houston. Right now, they're pariahs because of the way people left. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins talked shit on the place. Andre Johnson talked crap on the place. I mean, J.J. Watt has been quiet because he was a soldier there and they love him. But, dude, there hasn't been very many people talking really highly about the way the McNairs run that organization. So you and Nick Cassero and everybody has to change that entire culture there. And I do think, you know, after looking at it, them hiring Lovey Smith, you couldn't have a better character guy in the building to try to turn that thing around because he'll put the dungeon touch on that. And don't try to change that culture. You get Chase Young in there, you get two first-round draft choices plus maybe some additional seconds and thirds to build your football team? I don't know, man. I'll tell you, it's going to be interesting to see what Houston does because, remember, the 18th is around the corner and $39 million becomes guaranteed for the Texans. So they can't just walk through this any longer. They got to get this deal done. No, this deal has to be done and, and, and in a hurry because you don't want to be – you don't want to be the guy that, you know, that this this on the hook for that if you're not going to be using the services. I don't care how much draft, you know, collateral you get, you know, for for a guy like that. You want him off this team because it'll be a hit on your on your um salary cap. So at this point, they did rather make some happen sooner rather than later. And I mean, that's smart for the the commanders or commandos or command whoever they, whoever they are, um <laughs> to really Make make it known that they're interested in, in trying to make some moves to, to bring in a, a top flight quarterback. You know, they're not playing around. They want to be a competitive um team in this division. And they're a quarterback away from doing that. It showed they showed it last year. They've got good coaching on both sides of the ball. They just didn't have the horse to put in the race at the quarterback position, which made them play um less than adequate, you know, or below level because of it. That you know, it's fair. Think of this. All the what time. else he does? Think about what else he does too, Barrett. Daniel Snyder's wanted to get out of Landover, Maryland. Okay. And he wants to get closer to where RFK was because he believes, and I do too. It's like the Dolphins, when they left the heart of Miami, they took most of the fan base with them and they got them out there in Winter Garden. They've never done crap really since they were out there. I mean, they didn't, they, I think they've been to one AFC championship game since they have been in that building. I know the Canes have sucked out loud since they've been in that building, and they kind of took a lot of the heart of that thing away. Same thing with the 49ers. They're in, they were in um, over, over a candlestick point, and they're no longer even in San Francisco. They're south of Oakland. 
Right. <laughs> I, I mean, that's really not the 49er fan base. And you get a guy like that in the building who create excitement, electricity, plus winning. Washington will be the number one team um, in the NFC East if you land Deshaun Watson. That's why, we, like you said, you push your chips in and you get this guy, there's more upside than someone going like this to Daniel Snyder, who's just gone through BS himself. Hey, yeah, but he's winning. Yeah, you know, you're right. Winning, doesn't that clouds everyone's judgment, Barrett, when it comes to other things? It cures all ails, bro. <laughs> right. You're just not sick anymore. You get a quarterback like you're no longer sick anymore. Because now, number one, looking at that offense, the offense becomes totally relevant then. Your defense was already relevant. You've got a game plan, those guys on the defensive side of the ball. They were just on the field way too long last year to be competitive. Now you bring a sense that, you know, a guy can come in and, 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 and you know, keep that offense on the field, get those crucial third downs, has the ability to be a big-time cog in that whole system. It, it instantly legitimizes your team, and you have to look at that Washington team uh, as, as now a threat, not just in the division but in the, in the uh, conference. He is that dynamic of a player. And, you know, if they sign Sims back and all those guys back, they're instantly going to be, you know, credible in the, in the division. Absolutely. Let's go, let's take a look at some of these guys that performed at the draft here or at the combines here. Um, I'll tell you something. I watch this kid Jermaine Johnson run and I watch him do his drills. And then I go back and I YouTube him and I looked at some of his uh, game tape. Boy, I'll tell you something, man. He's got to be a hot commodity right now as an edge rusher because ran a decent 40, ran a really good 40. I mean, Barrett, what's your take on him? I mean, this uh, he did not play on a very good football team at Florida State the last right. couple of years. Mm -hmm. That might be an issue, and he was in the ACC. What do you make of Jermaine Johnson, edge rusher, Florida State? I, I, I love him because, number one, he's a great athlete, but he has the pass rushing prowess that you need. Jermaine Johnson brings he, – he brings, you know, um, a refinement, you know, at the next level. Because now you got, you know, you don't have to teach him every little thing. He 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 has been in systems in which he's had NFL caliber coaching, which will put him up there with the guys he already has there. Plus, you know, with his athletic ability, it really, really, you know, puts him in position. He can come in and give you instant results. Instant results. You know, he has great body lean, his ankle bend, um, his way to finish, you know, finish plays. That's where he is. He he can take it to that next level just from having the NFL coaching. Uh, and, and getting him in a position where he can now use his athleticism better. How about this one? Sauce Gardner, cornerback, Cincinnati. He really helped himself. I mean, if he was a whisper as far as the top top tier guys, I think he became one of one or number one A or, or two A as far as you know being one of the best corners in the league. You know his speed. They doubted it first, but now he's got the speed to play. He's thin, but, you know, he's a physical corner. So don't let his, you know, his frame deceive you. I like his I like his style. I like the way he plays. He would fit in what the Eagles do, but they don't have a snowball's chance of going up and getting him without trading up in the first. They've got to. Yeah, he, he, like you said, I mean, I thought that he absolutely – Helped himself. When you watch him running in the drills, they said he had a great interview as well. Yes, he I did. Mean, yep. The kid really, really and, – and played on a really good football team that made the semifinals this past season too. He, um, he, he's got the film. He's got the tape. 
Now he's got the 40 time to, um, to uh, you know, back it all up. That was a damn good group, that DB group. Man, that I watched thing. it on Sunday. Yeah, man, they yeah. were really talented. They got it all, man. But you know, look at Sauce, man. He's he's six foot three, 190, 200 pounds. Man. Um, man, he ran a four four forty. I mean, it's all you at six ask. three on the other side of on the other side of Darius. Yes. That's a that's a good looking group back there when you have that kind of size back. People, most of the guys, like the guy I like, the McDuffie kid from Washington, he really helped himself too out even more so. He's like the six-rated guy that came out of the Combines. Yeah, true. But he's 5'11". Yep. <laughs> this yep. kid from Cincinnati, 6'3", and ran a 4'4'3". That's incredible. I forget. You know who he reminds me a lot of? I forget the kid. Um, I forget his um Where'd he play? Name. Snoop. He played for Washington football team. Snoop, um, what was Snoop's name? What was his? I forget his last name, but he plays corner. He's kind of the same size corner as he is. Um, physical, or or you know, you know who he really reminds me of? A guy that I played with, got drafted with, Bobby Taylor. Bobby, Bobby Taylor. Taylor. Bobby Taylor is kind of the same guy as him. You know, he, he has the ability to really, you know, handle those big corners. You know, those big wide receivers. But he's nimble enough, you know, that you're not going you're not gonna just outrun him. You know, he can he can stay in phase with you. He understands how to play man to man, but he's really, really good at playing uh zone because he reads things really well, he takes his chances, and uh, you know, he has recovery speed also. You know, Chris brings up something here about Desmond Ryder, the quarterback from Cincinnati running a four four nine at six four. Man, I I you know, Barrett, maybe you disagree with me on this, but I don't care about the quarterback's forty. And for what? I, I I don't care about it. I care he's somewhat athletic. What I mean, but I care he's accurate. I care he's got an NFL arm. I want my quarterback to look like Matthew Stafford's arm. I don't right. care <laughs> that. He, I don't. You know. You know, Barrett. I, I. You know, when they told me, like I said this to you last week, when people told me Justin Fields ran a four four three, I was like, I don't care, man. When does that ever played a factor? In winning a Super Bowl or being a competitive team year in and year out, it has no bearing on that position. I don't know if you feel the same way on that. No, sometimes numbers don't mean a lot. Like you know, if you if you look at um, you look at you look at a guy that goes out there and runs a terrible forty. Like you know, what I mean, just Tom Brady. He ran like a what five two five three forty. It was more like a five six. Yeah, you know. And look at him, you know. Look Five at him six, his... you should never be going to invited to the combines. <laughs> you look at him with his shirts off; he looks like a he. He should be out, you know, uh, um, dumping a trash. School teacher, something. yeah, something like that. You know, he's not built the way you would see an NFL player. There's no way he looks like an NFL player. So for the, all these, all these numbers, and and I tend to look at these and say, okay, but what have they done on the field? You know, show me what you did on the field, like. This kid, um, Kalon Barnes, four two three, as fast as all outdoors. But does it does it does you know, it translate? It doesn't translate at all. You know, it doesn't resonate in this play. You can be as fast as you want, but be as weak as as and, and, and soft as drugstore cotton. Don't mm -hmm. want to put your nose in there. You know what I'm saying? Some guys just don't have that killer instinct. They're not trying to you know to 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 to, to mix it up a little bit. You got to mix it up in the NFL. You got to play, man. You know what I tell people um, about the combines? I was like, now, tell me if you did this. I was told by Chris Spielman, 
uh, by the way, who's working in the front office for the Lions now, that the majority of the things that you do at the Combine, you'll never do in your life ever again when it comes to going to camp or being on an NFL football field. I don't remember running a 40-yard dash. Never. Like when I was like going to camp or any of that. I know we had like conditioning drills to see what kind of shape you were in, but I don't ever remember running 40-yard dashes. I don't ever remember running um, like hula hoops. Um, I don't ever remember running. We hit the sled. We did bag drills. We did one-on-one pass rush. I mean, we did some tackling. We did some pursuit stuff. Then we went to team. Yep. You know, and exactly. most of that's 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 kind of an NFL practice, right? Right, Barrett. It's like, you know, you you get on the field, you do your stretching, you go one on one, you warm up, you'll go through some drills, and then you'll do one on one pass rush with the O line. You get the bags over here, you stay inside, you'll do a one on one pass rush for about thirty five minutes. Yep. You'll be in there, then boom, you'll go over. You'll get a break. You'll get up. Then you go over to team, and you'll sit there in team for about an hour, and they'll go ones versus ones, two versus twos. Situational football conditioning practice is over. Yep, you never, we, you never on the field more than two hours, man. You know, two and a half hours, and during that time, you're doing stuff that, you know, all right, you're gonna do the the the, the, the skill stuff, you know, skill work, you know, especially if you you lack something like you didn't do. We'll do a double team drill where we go through. And make sure we get the proper, you know, uh, proper hip placement, shoulder placement, head placement. Something shows up on film, right, where you go, you didn't get your head front side. That's why he scooped you. you exactly. Be- yeah, exactly. Yeah. You'll do that. And once you finish that, you go on to team periods where you're going against somebody that's going to give you a look. You know what I'm saying? You're giving them a look. After that, you know, 40-yard dash, the only time I would even get close to running a 40-yard dash, and I'll tell you, I was not running 40 yards if I had to make the tackle. But, you know, an interception for me, you know what I mean? If I'd have to go yeah. run that for but other than that, man, it's 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 five, ten, ten, um, ten yard burst. That's what it was. Did you and, train for the combines? Yes, I did. I yeah, trained so- at school. At school, I didn't go to like a these kids go to these 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 conditions. These camps. Places. Yeah. You know, and they pay a lot of money for these yeah. camps too, man. I see high school kids doing it now. Yeah, get this. So the agent, what he does is he fronts you the dough before the money comes. Right, right. And you know what he treats you as like Don King. All of a sudden, your signing bonus comes, and he's got a hundred grand whacked off that. And you're like this. Hey, Whoa. What happened here? Yeah. What What happened here? He goes like this. Well, someone had to pay for that there, and you're like this. Jesus, right. man, these agents, <laughs> man. <laughs> Holy cow! Okay, let's go down here. Um, I thought Trayvon Walker from Georgia also helped himself too. Another edge rusher, man. What do you make of him? That's that's the guy I wanted the Eagles. That's who I put in my uh, not necessarily a mock draft, but my wants and needs. Uh, you know, as 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 the Eagles team looks, you know, I, I actually said you could actually stay um, in Georgia and just draft three kids from Georgia <laughs> in the first round. You'd be good, you know. Walker that being one of them. Isn't it? Oh, no question. You know, uh, and, and and Dean, you know, I just stay right there, draft those guys. But I like Walker. That's why I like Walker more than the big guy that ran the forty because Walker is a complete player. You know, everybody's talking about, you know, you know, uh, what's his name? The big kid that ran the, the um, Jordan Davis, Jordan Davis. Everybody's talking about Jordan Davis. Well, the guy that made that defense run, the cog that kept it, kept that, the, the, you know, the whole thing going was Walker Walker playing up to his ability, allowed everybody else to eat his press in the pocket is what 
gave that defense, you know, the ability to go out there and play such, you know, tight man on end on the outside or zone, whatever they wanted to do. He would push the present, push the pocket and, and make things happen. You look at, uh, you know, from the outside. Then you look at uh, Wyatt from the inside. I mean, he pressed the pocket on the inside. So they had a complement of guys to do it. That's why you saw a lot of, 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 of pressures because they could get there from, from the outside and the inside with Wyatt. That's why you didn't see a lot of blitzing because you had guys up front right. that were being able to pressure the five. Anytime your four can beat your five, you're going to control the football game. Well, since you said let's stay in Georgia, how about N'Kobe Dean? I thought he helped himself even more so. Little bit undersized, but I don't know if that matters nowadays, Barry. Nope. Six feet. I don't know if that, you know, is going to be a a deterrence for a team to look at him because of how people look at how quickness is a factor. Like you said, speed plus production. I mean, I keep always going back to Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald's six feet tall, 275, 80 pounds, I mean. Size no longer because of the way the NFL is on that side of the ball, right? I mean, Barry, you had to be a gargantuan dude to play back in our time. Now, because of the way the rules are and teams throw the ball 50 times and you get 50 pass rushing opportunities, you don't really have to be that dominant of a giant-sized guy anymore. So I thought he helped himself, though. He's, he's a good-looking player. What's your take on him? How he's not taking him in the first round, but he's a first-round talent. He's He helped himself because, you know, the drills that he ran, you know, I believe in him as a player playing in the inside. Yes, he's a little undersized, but you look at the guys that played the same position uh, on the same side. Derek Brooks was about that size. You know? Yeah, he was. Um, you know, I, I, everybody's thinking, you know, Derek, let me, let me look and see how Derek big Brooks was two. Derek Brooks was 205. I know what Brooks was at Florida State. I think the guy wore like 19 or something. Right, right, he was right. Small. Um, he 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 was he's like 6'2, and he was like 205, I think, when he came out of Florida State. Exactly, exactly. And he ran he actually ran a four six seven. You know, so so he's better, he's faster than Derek Brooks. You look at, you know, but it's not necessarily the um the things you see, it's it's actually how he how he approached the game and that's where Dean is gonna you know play good he approaches the game from an analytical standpoint reads his keys plays downhill he's what you want as far as the guy's gonna be in there and be a gym rat watch all the film you want him to watch and go out there and make plays because he understands he's undersized so he's gonna try to beat you to the punch as opposed to waiting for you and letting it develop he's gonna make he's gonna watch enough film and be ready to rock so you don't have to worry about him using his size. His size could be a detriment if he wasn't a guy that reads and reacts really quick, but he does that. He reads and reacts real quick. And if you go run Tampa 2, you yeah. need a guy like that because Tampa 2, you have to have a linebacker that can run and because you're almost going to play safety at times in the Tampa 2 system. He'll be back 20 yards down the field coming downhill and making plays. That's exactly correct. And like you said, I think the way that he understands defense is because – there's no question that you see a lot of the kids coming out of college this year out of Georgia. Kirby Smart, that's what his forte is, is really, you know, the defensive side of the football. And those kids, that you could tell that they've been well coached. So let me add another guy here. Um, David Ajabo. Here's my only issue with him, Barrett. I have a problem with one-year production guys. Yes, and yes. I'm, I'm not saying that – See, you could either go either way with a one-year production guy. Either 
there's a massive upside still to him and still to come, and he'll be better in the pros, or that's the best that he kid's ever going to do, and he goes into the NFL, and before you know it, he's like all over the place, confidence is shot, and this guy had 15 really great games, and you're like, is that enough for me to sit there and take a first-rounder on David Ajabo? David Ajabo is going to test well because he's a tremendous athlete. I think he was a basketball player mm-hmm. first when he was in Nigeria, and that kind of gives him a skill set and the swivel and the hips and all that stuff, getting around the hula hoop. So he's going to be an athlete. I just get a little nervous with one-year production, guys, especially at the defensive line position. David Ajabo, look at his great, great height, but he needs to put a little more lead in his ass, man. He's just, he's just, he's just small, man. You know what I'm saying? He's, 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 he's only two fifty, six foot four, two fifty, and you're gonna ask him to be an every down player. That means he's gonna be going against defensive tackle, I mean, offensive tackles that weigh three forty, upwards of three forty, you know, three thirty, three forty, and you know. Can he use his size? Will it will it deter him from being as, as physical as he could be against these bigger guys? You have guys like Joey Bosa. Even Joey Bosa was like what two sixty five, yeah, two seventy, but that's awful small, man. You know, and and that that could be a problem. You know, when you're playing, he's not playing a linebacker. He's playing a hand in the ground defensive end, not a linebacker. So I don't know if he really necessarily fits the system. You know, if he goes somewhere like maybe you know. Uh, maybe the Steelers who run a three, four, he's a great three, four outside guy that comes in on third down. And when he put the four down lineman down, he could rush the passer, but Ojabos, he's just really light, man. I don't know if he's, Dude, if I put him. a chipper on him and I put a tight end on the outside of him, man, I'm going to pound his ass into the ground. That's and yeah, that's what it and, is. And and by week six, this guy's going to be on IR, man. I mean, <laughs> right. you, Hey, it's not so much that he can't play. It's a fact that can he take it going 17 weeks. And trust me when I tell you, when you're a college kid and you go to the NFL, after week 12, you you got four more of these things. Now you got five more of these things. (laughs) And I'm sitting here going like this. Holy shit, I'm not in good enough shape, man. These dudes – hey, seriously, Barrett, week 12 came. I was like this. Oh, we got four more of these things? I would, And it made me – and I love playing football. I'm like – Jesus Christ, I've lost 18 pounds. Bro, exactly. <laughs> right, right. No, Dan, put it like this. I can remember because they wanted to get me ready. I'm starting left tackle. They wanted to get me ready. So I started every single play, every single play in the preseason. So that's four games. Once I hit week 10, that's 15 games I played in. And I tell you what, bro, I was feeling it. Tomorrow I hit the wall. I smacked it right in the face, man, because I hit the wall in the worst way. You know what I'm saying? I was like, man, we still got how many more games left? I know, man. You know, and then we went to the playoffs. Um, so that's oh two extra games. Oh my god, bro! I was so I, I I'm not gonna lie, man. So what you so played at? You're like 23 games. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> 22 games. I played 22 games. Four preseason, 16 regular season, and two uh playoff games. My body was done. I needed that break at the end of the year, bro. I right. was just done. I, I saved this guy because I, I I hate wide receivers being drafted in the first round. I just I don't I just don't I think they're I just think there's some of these guys are dudes. Drake London, wide receiver, would the Eagles look at another wide out in the draft? Yes. Oh God, I yes. hate you said that. <laughs> I hate you said that, man. 
They will, man, because speed kills. And there's so many fast guys that came up in this in this, this combine, man. You know, they, you, know they, you know what, though, Barrett? They have built the team inside. They're, they are strong. They are strong, and they need to get a little bit stronger on the defensive side. On yes. The defense. So maybe they are looking at the speed, but, I mean, why would you draft two wide receivers and you know you don't have the dude at quarterback? Well, they feel as though they have the dude. Okay. They, 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 I'm telling you, you know, just looking at it and how they're approaching, I think they really do like, uh, they like Hurts. They like what Hurts, his upside is. They believe he does have an upside. And that's the biggest thing. They believe Hurts has a, a good enough upside that they're going to make, they're going to take a chance with him. You know, so I mean, you look at a guy like, you know, Garrett Wilson from Ohio State, speed, 438, somebody to take the top off. Somebody come in and be an instant, you know, a Chris Olave. He ran a 4-3 also from Ohio State. You give him the ability to go out there and 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 stretch the field, knowing he can stretch the field and have hands to catch, you know, catch the rock consistently. That's a weapon, bro. That's a weapon. And considering the fact that the Eagles are going to run the ball so much, it really, really helps them out because now those one-on-one rights, like I said, on the outside, you know, you, you can't, you can't, you can't, you know, play both sides of the fence. You can't play run-stopping offense, I mean defense, and still be able to go out there and 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 stop those, you know, receivers on the outside. So they draft they draft a guy in the first round, a wide receiver. They bring in a, a veteran wide receiver on the outside. I mean, that might just would be what the doctor ordered. It now opens up the run game if you choose to pass it, and it also if you choose to stop the run, the passing game is going to open up. I want to look at the NFC East. Are the Cowboys still the best team in the NFC East after what has happened today? Um, it's, I think it's up for the taking by any team in the East right now. I don't yep. think maybe the Giants will hit that on the other side. We're back in three minutes. Please keep it here on the middle. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view. It goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. Clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first time purchase of stateside vodka. So good, it just disappears. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. 
That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian. In my heart, I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Welcome back to the Metal Dan Silio. There, Brooks here. Hour number two. Cowboys, um, boy, all mismanagement once again by Jerry Jones, and this is what we always say, this is what happens when front offices are just not talented on building football teams. You know, and I'll tell you something too. You know, know, Barrett, I'm going to tell you a story here about, you know, being in that organization, and I've posted numerous times, you know, my first uh, training camp with Jimmy when – Coach Jimmy Johnson went in there, and one of the major things he had in his contract was he had complete control of all football operation decisions. He made all football trades. He didn't have to clear it with anybody. He didn't have to call Jerry. Jerry was worried about getting his money back and building the Cowboy infrastructure because when he bought the team from Bum Bright for $154 million, it left him broke. I mean, he was almost penniless. So he was working on getting the Cowboy brand back up and running. Gets the new stadium. The Cowboys are, get this, here's a guy who paid $154 million for the team, and now the team's worth $6 billion. So right. <laughs> me, me as a businessman has been just brilliant. But this narrative that's out there that he was with his thumb and his hand on every single thing that went on, during that Jimmy Johnson time is just not true. And because he's got a lot of the people in the media, like Troy Aikman, Deion Sanders, when he was um, Michael Irvin and all the guys that are in Tony Romo, just go down the list. There's a narrative out there that, that, that Jerry built that dynasty. It's just absolutely not true. Cause if it was true, why isn't he Ozzie, Ozzie Newsome? Yes. And rebuilding a football team. Like when Ozzy got hammered, when it came to salary cap, um, there's Ozzy rebuilding. And his parting gift was Lamar Jackson. He said, this kid's going to be great. And he turned out to be right. Ozzy, not only a great Hall of Fame career as a player, 
but he's also a Hall of Fame general manager. Ozzy's one of the greatest GMs the league has had over the last 25 years. He could identify talent. Look what he did. Jonathan Ogden, Ed Reed, Ray Lewis, Suggs, uh, picking up James Harrison after he was cut 50 times, put him on that team, and he's a Hall of Famer. Look at Jamal Lewis. I mean, dude. He's had so many great football players go through that building. Ray Rice, all them guys. And Jerry, here's Jerry's resume. Jimmy left. Well, if he's so great of a president and general manager, why hasn't he been able to do it again? Well, I think it's more so, you know, he just he's, 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 he doesn't have that gift. He has a gift of, of, of showcasing, but he does not have the gift or the eye of bringing in talent. You got to have that eye. And, I, and I'm, I'm hoping that's where the Eagles turn the corner because we have some lineage from, from that, that, that Ravens team with the Eagles in a, in a, in a front office with, uh, you know, the head of uh, NFL scouting, I mean, uh, for, for scouting for the team, uh, Andy Weidel, you know, he, he's, he was under that coaching tree. He was, he, he was in that office and he learned what players can do, what players can't do put him in position to, 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 to do really flourish in the system that he has there. He can go out and get those type of players. I think it was direct reflection on how good last year's draft was, was more so a little bit more of them giving Waddle the, the autonomy to go out there and pick players he feels suits this team and could help this team. Give him that autonomy. But, Barry, but Barrett, I thought, I thought they got lucky on Parsons. Because they wanted the DB that went to Denver. Yes. Okay, they wanted Sertain. They yeah, did Patrick Sertain, yep. Went, went, and that's why they traded. They actually traded with the Eagles, traded down, and they got and, and they picked up Parsons. I mean, he fell into them, and everyone now everyone's like, oh, yeah, we had him high on our list. And I think the guy you're actually going after because – Well, Sertain, you know, he had a little checkered pass with his relationship with guys in the locker room, you know, um, back at, at Penn State where – hazing and stuff like that all you had to do is just look at the field because he's doing the same damn things he was doing back in college on an nfl film you put him in position to play he's going to play and yeah they like patrick sertan everybody loved patrick sertan and patrick sertan even if he went to dallas he would have played up to expectation oh, that have yeah. been that have been a great he had a great tandem. year too yeah so that have been a man even though if they didn't get him that would have been a great one-two tandem you know what i'm saying no matter where um, no matter where Patrick Sertan went or Micah Parsons went, both guys were going to be successful. You know, both guys were going to go out there and, and, and have great careers because they have it in, you know, in their minds that they are great players. And they, Especially jump, Micah off, Parsons. They, and they jump off the charts when you watch them on film. You know, exactly. You, exactly. You, you, you and I know this. When you watch a guy on film and you're watching Reggie or you're watching uh, Lawrence Taylor, you're like, Dude, everybody else looks like they're in slow motion, and there's just certain dudes that jump out on a screen on you, and you're like, "Man, that guy is just spectacular." And you know, when you when you used to watch like, um, and, and the guy I always bring up is Bruce Matthews. When you watch Bruce Matthews's technique for as big as he was, yep, and the way he slid his feet and his hand placement, I mean, this guy was like a tremendous volleyball player playing like, um you know, offensive line, and he was so gifted with his hands and his strength and his technique, and the size was so imposing. I mean, Ray Donaldson also, those kind of guys, they just jumped off the charts at you, man, when you see that. 
Guys like this too, Sertan and like you said, Parsons. You watch him on film, Barrett. You know what you're looking at. Yeah, and I, I seen look when I first saw Ray Lewis play. I'm like, you know, not in not in um, I wasn't talking about in in in, in the NFL. I'm talking about in college. I mean, you cannot stop him. Him and him and um, you know, you look at uh, uh what's his name? Um, Vilma. No, not Vilma. Uh, from 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 Florida State. I mean, from from Miami. Um, Ed Reed. Ed Reed, yes. Ed Reed, you look at it, you know, on the field, he just stood out. You mean he, you knew he was going to be a player. Even looking at Sap, you knew Sap was going to be a player. They look at that defense that they had, and you could see how talented they were. Not just because they were playing around a bunch of other talent, but just what they were doing and how they influenced the game. Those guys were unbelievable. That's kind of the same thing what I see in um, in Georgia. You look at the way they're playing, the way those guys stand out, the way they, you know, the way they play is just, you know, they're going to play well at the next level. Hey, you know how about are. this? So, Lewis, people waited until the last week. He had no scholarships on the table. Florida State promised him a scholarship. They pulled it. What? Miami jumps in. I think he played running back when he was in high school and then linebacker, too. Miami then comes in, and they give him a scholarship. It was like the last one. He didn't even make the program his freshman what? year. He wasn't even in the program, dude. I mean, and he goes on to this. Le- Actually, too, if you think about it, Dan Morgan had more of a legendary Miami Hurricane linebacking inside linebacking career than, than what Ray did. Ray just got better and better and better and right. better. Every year he freaking played. Hey, the sad story. He's from Apaca, Florida. He came to Miami as a tight end. What? And, dude, he stunk. And all of a sudden, this kid, Mark Caesar, goes, man, you ain't cutting it over there. You were actually a pretty good defensive lineman when you were in high school. And Ed Ogeron goes like this. Yeah. Why don't you come over here and play some defense? The Rock was supposed to start the next year. So – Ogeron brings him over, right? Dude, nobody, all of a sudden, Sap gets in the spring ball, and he just starts killing dudes. He's going around them, swimming. <laughs> hey, uh, Rock, I think you're going to be an you know, alternate <laughs> guy. Rock's like this. You're kidding me. That's why he and he and Sap don't have the best relationship because Warren – Warren was failing at Miami as a tight end. He wanted to be a tight end because the school's known for tight ends, too. Yep, yep, so yep. He gets down there and they go, nah, I don't think you're better than Winslow Jr. or you're not better. <laughs> Who's the guy that played with the Giants forever? Shockey. Um, Jeremy Shockey. Yeah, you're not better than Shockey and Winslow, dude. It's just that you, That's just not in the room for the cards for you. They moved him over to the other side, man. He takes the job, the Rock's job, man, and man, did he go on? He, he, he's the closest thing to what Jerome Brown was as a talent when it came to uh, Sap could play the run too. Yep. Um, yep. And this is why, to me, I look at Sap and Aaron Donald, and I go like this: If I had to pick, I'd probably pick. But in today's NFL, I guess Donald, the better pass rusher. Now know this: Sap did have seventeen and a half sacks one year. Oh, from yeah. the DT position. Yeah. I, 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 I played against Sap for years. Sap has always been that dude. You game plan for Sap, man. 
And, um, you know, especially when they brought Rice over. So he and Rice, they had an ET stunt, man. It was almost unstoppable, man, because Sabwick gets so much penetration up the field. And, and Rice had this gift of pass rushing on the outside and know exactly when to stop and go inside. And before you know it, he's jumped past. Um, Sap had this jump pass uh, yeah. move. They got past the guard. And once he's even, he's leaving. And, and Rice would get far enough at you that you had to respect him as a pass rusher. And by the time you looked in to see the pick coming in from Sap, you wouldn't, and you hit him. When you hit him, you kind of pushed him towards the quarterback because he's past the guard already. They ran that stunt perfectly. And that's what you want. You want a guy that, that's so explosive that you can't tell what they're doing and how they're doing it and before it's already done to you. Hey Barrett, do you do you think it's more important to have internal pressure or perimeter pressure? I'm gonna tell what, you the truth. What, what for an offensive lineman and offensive line coach do you look at that's more dangerous when it comes to pressuring the quarterback? You know, there's a big emphasis, and you and I even say for edge rushers to get around the corner to get to the quarterback. But how important is it to have that internal pressure? Because if Donald um, I think Donald's biggest asset, he gets pressure from inside. Well, if you put step him up. on the perimeter, I can roll. I can do a lot of things. Exactly. Way to him. I can turn back a tight end on him. But if I'm going up the middle and I'm getting internal pressure, dude, I'm beating double teams. Silio, you can't pick. You can't set a, you can't set a back there because he'll get jumbled up. And when a quarterback – He'll tell you all the time, I can jump past or, or I could I could kind of maneuver from rush from the outside. We could send a chipper that way. We could put a tight end there. But when you have a guy that could beat a double team right in front of you and you can't step up, it's the worst feeling in the world for them. Because number one, when they throw it, they might break their hand or something like that from off, you know, because when they throw it and they break their thumb a lot uh, when, with guys that yeah, get the pass rush. Yep. Bam. You know what I'm saying? So it, it, that's a bad thing. But when you have that, you can't step into your throws. So when you can't step in your throws, you're using a lot of arm strength. And that way the ball is behind. That's where you get most of your interception. The ball flies out of your hand and you can't control it the way you want to control it because you don't have the proper footwork. So guys in the inside, that's what that's what made Fletcher Cox back in the day such a threat, you know, such such a good pass rusher because he could beat the double team, get up the field, that pass rush, which made the quarterback, you know, it, it speeds up that internal clock that they have in their head. Like, oh, man, this is, this is the rush coming in front of me. And you see the rush coming in front of me, and it's making you speed your quarterback uh, clock up. Now you're trying to, you know, get away from the inside. It's hard to get away from the inside because if you roll left to right, the pass rush is going to be there. If you just got one great pass rusher on one side, you can kind of fade away from that side. You can kind of fade. Like when I was playing my first four years, my first three years, I was a starting left tackle. So, but we had Anton Davis on the right side. So uh, I noticed a lot, you know, and I and I try to tell you know guys like Rodney Pete that stuff like that, that in you know when they're stepping back, they would kind of fade to my side to the left because they didn't have any confidence on Anton Davis that was on the right. So their pad, their drop back pass, they would always fade back my side. I'm like, yo, that's not fair. You know, I'm a rookie. He's the veteran player. You're supposed to fade to his side. Your right hand. He's supposed to fade to the right. Though they would fade backwards because he would pressure from that side and they come towards me. And, you know, it's really hard to stop, you know, the premier pass rushers like Charles Haley and all those guys. When they're coming off your end, 
you know, you got the best of the best on your side, and here he is fading to my side, and your veteran is on the other side. So, you know, that's all those things are little idiosyncrasies that you have to learn um, as a quarterback, number one. But when the pressure comes up the middle, it's hard to even fade or do anything else because when it's up the middle, he can't go through with his proper mechanics of throwing a ball, which leads to a lot of turnovers when in, uh, when they do that. And that's probably been one of the ways to get to Brady over the years has been exactly pressure. Yep. It wasn't really uh perimeter pressure because when Brady can't step up because Brady is one of those guys that dances around in the pocket and he likes to step up when he throws, mm-hmm. he wants to go through his technique. And when he can't, that's a way that people got to Brady here. All right, let me, the impact of the Cowboys losing Amari Cooper and Demarcus Lawrence will be what? I mean, Dak Prescott, when he got him, it was almost like a transformation in what his skill set was when they got a number one wide receiver. Now, Demarcus Lawrence versus Randy Gregory, both of these guys, Gregory probably right now, probably right now better, um, but not by a lot. And the only reason I say that too because you know, Barrett, I got to add the salary and I got to add the contract. Who's more feasible on the Cowboys right now? Well, you, since Who's you put more it that way, yeah. Is Gregory. Yes, there's no question about it. He's, he's, he's got that, that, that lower number. So if they franchise, they can't franchise him because then he'll have a higher number. No, he's right. still, yeah, he'll still have a higher number than, um, than, than, than Lawrence will. But you don't want to do that. You want to sign him to a long term deal. And the only way you can sign him to a long term deal is to release money. From another contract. There's still and I, more. Oh, I think the tight end is going to be released. I think there's going to be somebody in the O line yep. that's going to be released. Um, yep. So there's still more hurts that's coming in there. So this is just the beginning of the demise of what you said. The Cowboys probably were the most disappointing football team yes, in the absolutely. NFL last year because. Their window, in my opinion, Barrett, is closed. Yep. I mean, they're and they want a division, not because they want to, but because they have to. Dan, they won the division also, which means they're going to have the hardest schedule in the division uh, out of all the players in the division. Um, Guy like Connor Williams, one of their draft picks back in 2018, been a mainstay at the left guard position. Uh, they're gonna have to cut him. He's a free agent. They're not, not cut him, but they're not gonna be able to sign him back. Uh, like you said, Dalton Schultz, what, becoming one of the better tight ends in the league, became a safety blanket for Dak Prescott. He's got to go. Also, um, you know it's gonna be tough. I mean, Ezekiel Elliott. That's a lot of money they're gonna be paying a back man. A lot of money for a back it, that's gone down every single year since the last four years in his production. I mean. The backup quarterback, I mean, the backup running back, like we said now, is more Tony productive Pollard, yep. than and, what uh, he is. So they're still going to be going into here, – here's the question for the for the Eagles. Do we do we have the right quarterback? Is Jalen the right guy? Uh, let's keep building the team. Here's the Cowboys. Who are we going to cut? Yep. yep. I mean, who, who are we going to cut? So I would ask you then, who's the best team in the NFC East right now? Is it after the all the cut, after all the cuts, it, is would it, have the to be the, it would have to be the Eagles. You know, if you go and play after all these cuts and after, you know, so, so we'll put it like this after March is the 18th, wherever 18th. We know, after March 18th, 
there'll be a lot of guys on this roster, the uh, Cowboys roster, that won't be here. But you look at the Eagles roster, there will be a lot of guys that they still have on the team that can go out there and still play. And, you know, player for player, the Eagles have their quarterback. Dallas has their quarterback. They'll have their entire offensive line back. The, the Cowboys won't have their entire offensive line back. They'll have their big money tight end there. Dallas won't have their tight end. On defensive side of the ball, we're losing the defensive end. We're gaining one back in um in in, in um Derek, I mean um on in Grant Brandon Graham. Uh, you know, a lot of our guys will be here. You know, their their starting cornerback, Xavier Rhodes, will be a free agent. We'll have both we'll we'll have one of our cornerbacks back. Nelson will be gone um as it pertains to salary. But I think they try to sign it back because we do have salary cap room to do it. The Eagles, I mean, they look a lot, they look a hundred times better than what the Cowboys have at this point. On the offensive side of the ball, Kelsey's the only guy that we don't know if he's going to be back or not. On the defensive side of the ball, we got a couple guys that, you know, that will make a difference, you know, how we play the game. But they, did, they didn't light it up last year, though. But I'll say Rodney McLeod, he'll be a Sarah Kemp casualty. But he didn't do much last year to really put me in a position where, like, we, we must need him. Anthony Harris also, the other starting um, safety. They have guys that played in their in their absence. You know, they got Marcus Epps, Kayvon Wallace. You know, both those guys, you know, came out and played well for them. Um, on the defensive side, also the pass rush. Jannard Avery, Sam linebacker. He played okay, but he didn't play enough that we need to sign him back, especially after they spent a fourth-round draft pick on him when they traded him from Cleveland. Uh, Kerrigan, he's gone. Bye. Um, Hassan Ridgeway. When healthy, he played all right. And then they got Derek Barnett. I hope they don't franchise this dude, franchise tag this dude, but they're saying they might franchise him. For what? Why? I don't understand it. Why? 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 You know, from what I understand, Barrett, there's really only four guys that they have to maybe restructure their contracts in yep. Philly. That'd be Hardgrave. Yep. That'd be um, Fletcher. Yep. Um, Darius Slay. Yep. And, and all of them be willing to, though. One. They'll all There's be one more to. that they have to they would have to restructure, but it's like the least amount of players to get even more space um, on on the salary cap. So I mean, um, you know, I mean, I just I just here 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 we just got this here from John McMullen. Latest Eagle news is targeting trading up for David Ajabo and signing Justin Reed in free agency. That's according to John McMullen. We were just talking about a job. Uh, what do you make of that? I, Again, one year dudes played at Michigan. Right. Someone would go like this. Sills, you make that sound like it's a um, a deterrent. Well, outside of Ohio State, who were down, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, Barrett, you know as well as I do. The Southeastern Conference is the it's like the premier league of soccer. Like yes. <laughs> it's like, you know, yes. their own world. How would David Ajabo fit in the Southeastern Conference? Is how I always look at guys. You think that guy would be the same player at Michigan that he was at Michigan playing against Alabama, LSU, Florida, Georgia, Texas AM at that size? And to me, Dude needs a couple more bricks in his pocket. You know what I'm saying? That's exactly. the biggest dude on the planet. Needs a little and more lead. Jonathan Gannon is going to play a forefront. Hey man, you better ha- hey you better you better have some pocket change. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you better gain a little weight. You need to spend a yeah. little extra time at the training table because at 250, that's just so small, man. 
Dude, both those Michigan ends. The guy, you know, I think, you know, here's the problem. When you go to those combines, you want to run a great 40 so you lose weight. That's not what they're looking at. They want to see what Jordan Davis is doing, moving that 341. I mean, that uh, the, the guy, Neil, from Alabama, the kid from NC State, three most impressive big dudes I've seen at an NFL combine. Barrett, those two old linemen, Howard, those guys have – those two guys have defensive interior tackle talent to be able to play. Do you know how rare that is to have great feet like that, great athleticism like that, and play O-line on top of that to boot? I watch those two guys run. I'm like, man, good kids today, they're better athletes than what we were. Because Way I'm talking better. just the size, right? That's what Way I think. Way Way better. Those so kids, these, you know, these... he, he's saying he he's saying a jabo. Okay, well, you, you know they need an edge rusher. I tell you what, I like the kid from Florida State a little bit better though, man, because that kid showed me and he moved that weight around a little bit. Well, I, and I think that he helped himself in the, in the combine so much so that that's why they're making that decision. They're not going to trade up for a guy, but I think they're going to stay stand pat at, at pick number fifteen or sixteen, which. That's who they think is going to be around that 15 or 16 area. I don't think anybody's going to value them unless they go with this. You know, like we, when we watch these drafts, everything goes, you know what I'm saying, in, 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 you know, in, in, in groups. Like one guy, one team starts picking up defensive ends. There's going to be a run on defensive ends or linebackers go. There's going to be a run on linebackers. You know, that's basically how the NFL combine goes. Now, quarterbacks. Well, the quarterback position, all they need is just one team to pick up one quarterback, and I bet you it's going to be a lot of quarterbacks go in that order after that because that's how they go. They move and grows as far as, you know, guys that, you know, at certain positions. And it's going to be early. You know, defensive ends are going to go early. You know, those guys, you know, the kid from Michigan, then the kid from um, Oregon. And from that point on, you know, it's going to, you know, go like blocks going down. You know, just like dominoes going down, as you put them up there, they're going to come knock them down all the way down the line. So I'm anxious to see how they approach it and where Ojebo goes. He, I think he will be sitting there around the Eagles pick, but you're I right. I want Johnson. I want Johnson, and I doubt seriously he's going to be sitting there waiting. Absolutely. You know what? Just, just to um, continue our conversation that we were having about the East, is it, 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 it so. If we are the best team in the NFC East, I think this is where maybe Howie's head is and the owner's head is, well, if we're the best team in the East right now and we're there as the best team in the East with Jalen Hurts, why would we make a move here? Why not have stability in the building here? Jalen may not be the guy, but Jalen gives us one thing that the Steelers have always taught teams. They teach stability. You know what I'm saying? I mean, when you when you're in that building, and obviously you were in that building, everyone always goes, "Why come they brought Big Ben back?" Because they don't like anything that throws stability out of the <laughs> <Right>. building. <laughs> they want to know this guy's here. This guy, everyone knows their job when they're in Pittsburgh. That was always my impression. Yes, that is the it. Yep. They, you know exactly what they're asking you because they've asked you time and time again. They don't like to rock the boat. They they have a culture there in which they want guys that fit their culture, guys who understand where they fit in. Um, you, you you must know as a player, 
what your niche is, you know, what their expect their expectations are. And you go about setting those expectations higher also. So, I mean, I, I can see, I can see how people on the outside, I can see the, the um, Steeler organization, like, why would they sign that old man back? Because that old man back, number one, is highly respected in that organization. And they're not just going to kick him out, you know, to the curve just because, you know, he's old now. And that's, that's basically what it is. He's old, but they're not going to do that to him. They're going to make sure that they're, they keep, um, they keep the organization tied together through players like him. You know, everyone respected Ben and they wanted to give him one last hurrah, one last, you know, swan walk, you know, uh, so everybody could see and praise him before they let him go. I want I want to hit on this after the timeout here because I think this, you know, it's funny because how you go about drafting, how you go about free agency, I think has got a lot to do with the division you're in. And I've always thought that. I don't know if you agree with that. I want to hit on that because where I'm going with this is the decisions in Dallas. How does that affect the Eagles decision when we're talking about Jalen Hurts? Let's hit on that. Other stuff from the combine, some other guys that are sleepers out there. We'll hit on that as well. Back in three minutes. Keep it here on the middle. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view that goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian. In my heart, I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. 
Welcome back to the middle. Dan Stilly, O'Farron Brooks. Matt Hatter says, Trayvon Walker, I saw that, had a seven-foot wingspan. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. Yo, come on, man. A seven-foot seven wingspan. Seven-foot wingspan for a dude 6'5", like 300 pounds, and he's running sub five flat 40s. Dude, these kids today, I'm, Barrett, here, here, here. Jerome and I are under 6'3", and we ran under five flats, and we were 300-pound guys. I always thought that that, this is 30-some-odd years ago, and I thought that that was a big deal. That We had two tackles. Jimmy had two tackles, 600 pounds in the middle. Guys weren't that big then. These guys today are 6'6", six, six. <laughs> running <laughs> – Running four seven eights at three hundred and fifty one pounds, I, I I'm watching Jordan Davis run that, and I went like this. I was watching his bag drill. I'm watching him run the hoop, and I'm going, man. I don't know how you don't come away going like this. You see that kid right there, man? <laughs> that is the guy. I, I I don't know how you don't walk out of that building, and go like this. I want me one of those, man. Right, right. Where can I find that at? You know what I'm saying? Where can I get that? I need the extra big crack jet box and I can get that prize out, man. Because Trayvon Walker, bro, and I, and I told you before, he was – I tell you, every single time, he was the cog that, that, that kept that defense going. I can't say Yeah, it I agree. Everybody kept saying, oh, you know, it's Dean. Oh, no. You look what Trayvon Walker was doing. As a defensive lineman from the interior, everybody's talking about, you know, the other guy, you know, Jordan, but – I love Trayvon Walker's game. He's six foot five, 275 pounds, can rush the passer, can stop the run, explosive, understands where his fit is as far as you know where his gap is, does everything you need from a player on the inside. And oh, by the way, he's six foot five, 275 pounds, and ran a four five forty. Barrett, they may have four guys going the first round off that defense. Oh, did you four? We're talking about Walker, Jordan, Dean. The safety. Yeah. That's four right there. Yeah. That's four. I mean, come four, on. Man. Four first rounders off your defense. Hey, they won the national title, really. Right. <laughs> right? I mean, they I'm just like, did okay, that. man. You won they the national championship. Yeah, okay, man. All right. So I always I always looked at it this way, Barrett. Um, I think you have to draft. And build your team first, not to win a Super Bowl, but to win your division first. Yes. Because winning your division, because there's something that everyone knows that plays the game, coaches in the game, is a talent evaluator. The war of attrition is by far a factor when it comes to the end of the season. Yep. You're never the same team you are in September that you are in January or February. You're, you're just not because injuries play a factor. Hell, the team that won the Super Bowl for the Eagles are the greatest example of that, right, Barrett? That, I mean, they had to have kind of like musical chairs at the O-line position because guys were getting banged up and they had to move guys around. But depth level is so important. I think that's what one of the secret sauces of the Patriots were was that they were able to dominate the AFC East because you have shitty ownership yep. from the Dolphins, <laughs> the Jets. The Bills are better now because 
And I do think this, when Ralph Wilson was selling the team, Barrett, mm -hmm. they got him out of that time when they had the Kelly guys, and that was a great Marv Levy football team they built. But then when the old man got sick, all of a sudden it started getting in the hands of the kids. And before you know it, it was a 10, 15-year gap before the Bills were even competitive ever again. And how many times did we see them drafted in the first round? So management, front office, kept that Brady train alive. I mean, I, it was one of the major factors when it came to them being able to maintain. I mean, look at their roster compared to, say, how about this, Barrett? The first Super Bowl, the 01 Super Bowl, are you really going to try to tell me that you think that Patriot roster was better than the Charger roster with Vincent Jackson, Gates, with Danian Tomlinson, Rodney Harrison, Junior Seau, I mean, Philip Rivers. I mean, that football team had more stars and more first-rounders on it than anything to pay. I couldn't tell you a first-round draft choice that was on the New England Patriots during their Super Bowl time. Think about that for a minute. Right. They never won a Super Bowl, Barrett, with a first-rounder. Right, right. You look at me, and I don't know how. That's why they said, you know, how did they go through this 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 tenure of just being the most dominant team in the NFL? I say it has to be the coach, man. It had to, to me, it had to be the coach. Yes, you had Brady, but Brady Young in his career – he wasn't the, you know, he wasn't that guy that, you know, played just far superior to anybody else. I think that system that Belichick had really helped him out. The system in which how they, you know, on the defensive side of the ball, they generated pressure. You know, yeah, they had some players, Chris Slade and all those guys, but they felt they they, they fit within the scheme work of what they were trying to do. Um, you know, you, you look at a, an understyled linebacker who's really was slow as palm water and Teddy Bruschi. <laughs> How did they make him such a great player? You know what I mean? It's the system in which they had, and the coaches there just preached that system to all those guys, and they bought into it. Yeah, they had some players, you know, but not necessarily guys who just jump off the field, uh, film all the time. Everybody, everybody just fit what they were trying to do, and they coached it and coached it and coached some more, which made them dominant because, you know, you think you're doing this right, and they'll find a way to prove that it's wrong for them, wrong for you, and right for them. Uh, Man Maniac, did I give him a chance to finish his comment? I just want to make sure that, you know, you're happy that I let him finish here on this one. I know I talk too much. Oh, so just, just, oh, oh, oh my fault. Oh, no, yeah. he, he, he said I don't let you finish. I, 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 <laughs> I, I, I want to I make sure. <laughs> Yo, hey, Fish, I do go trout fishing. But I don't. I's not fly fish. I, I I can't fly fish. I tried to fly fish. I don't know, man. I, I I go out there and I end up with a bird's nest at the end of the rod instead of in my reel and in, in the rod. But yeah, I do go. I I use uh I use a spinner rod, and um I usually use uh minnows to catch trout. <laughs> I don't know minnows. Um, you know, grubs. You know, those mealworms stuff like that. I catch them, but you know, they're not really big. So I mean, I tend not to go. And, and, and trout fish. I, I mean, I use that size bait when I go out on my uh, on my on my uh, ocean boats. So that's what I do. It, it, guys, you you okay now? Yeah. <laughs> hey, I love me some trout too, dude. Oh, oh my god! You yeah. put a trout in like aluminum foil, yep. put it over the fire, put butter inside that thing. 
put butter. I put butter, tomatoes, a little bit of onion in there also. But I use, you know, with the with the season, I also put some soy sauce in there, a little bit of soy sauce in there. Unbelievable, man! Tastes is amazing, amazing. There, we're good. <laughs> all right, all right. Let me let me get. Yeah, I just because I am I am I am a talker, and you know what, Barrett. By the way, Barrett, you can tell me to shut the fuck up anytime you want. I don't get offended by any of that. So we're all good because me and Xander go back and forth like that too. So it's it's, it's totally all good. Yeah, you know you what? Go, that needs to be a show right there. Days, that you know that needs to be a show right there. See, you guys don't know. Ten minutes before the show, Xander and Seals go back and forth. You would think they were brothers because they just argue about it. Doesn't matter. It it can might be blue outside, but no. Those two are gonna argue. No, it's pink. No, it's, 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 it's brown. No, no, it's purple. They just argue about whatever it is, and 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 seals will find a way to to be contrarian to 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 everything that Xander says. I mean, it doesn't matter. He's gonna he's gonna find a way not to agree with them. So that that's my life before the show. There's always a show before the show. I just listen to those two go off. All who's day. Xander? Yeah. <laughs> 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 You guys see what I go through? <laughs> 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 oh, <goodness. laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, my God, man. All right, let's move on. <laughs> yeah. There, okay, so it just reminded me because I do, man. I do over – I talk over people, and it's a shitty habit. My wife – here, my wife will do this. My wife will stop talking. She'll go – you know what really kills me about you? And I'll go, God, probably a billion things. But my wife will go like this. She'll go, you know, if somebody answers something the way you don't like it, don't try to sell me on your shit. <laughs> I, I, I don't care what your opinion is. And for the record, do you know how many sports people care about your opinion? Some. Do you know how many people care about your political opinion? None. <laughs> no one cares. You know the people you rip in Hollywood all the time? Well, you're like that too. Nobody gives a shit what your personal opinion is on what's going on. I'm like this. Well, here, here, Barrett. So Eli Manning, he retires, right? And I go, you know, man, I gotta tell you, I got a lot of respect for Eli Manning. I mean, you know, I really didn't like the guy. I didn't really think much of the guy. And she goes, well, I'm really sure Eli Manning lost a lot of sleep over what you thought <laughs> of him. And I'm going like this. <laughs> I go, I'm, I'm, I'm probably thinking he hasn't. But, I mean, she goes, oh, I'm sure he's just like 100% like really upset with what you're saying about him. Right. So th that that's my way. She was my producer for like 20 years. And – Barrett, get this. I'll be I'll be doing an I'll be doing a show. I'll get some guests on. One of these dot com nobody guys. And I don't really like getting dot com nobody guys. If you're if you're not a bigger star than Barrett Brooks or Dan Cilio, you ain't coming on my show. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, that ain't working for me, man. I don't you better have a Hall of Fame vote. You better be somebody in the room that takes it. So I'll be doing a show, man. I'll look down at my 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 phone. And my producer will go like this in the middle of the segment. What's going on? I go, my wife will go, boring. What? And I'll go. <laughs> this guy sucks. Or like if I have like a stupid, like nobody, like co-host that nobody knows who he is. Right, And right. he's on. Why is that guy talking? And I, and I, and I, and I and, 
because I was talking about you, and then she's like, "Guy played twelve years, man. Of course you want to hear him. I'd want to hear him more than you." And I go, "Okay, honey, I know I love you too. I get it. I understand." She goes, "Don't let nobody's on your show. Promise me." And so I go, "Okay, yeah," because she couldn't stand she because I did this really shitty show at the second station in San Diego. And it was these just two kids. They were just nobodies. But because I say certain things sometimes to get yeah. fired, yeah. <laughs> I might as well just say it. <laughs> and to upset people, they wanted to have these snowflakes in with me. So they put these snowflakes in, and I'd be like sitting here just shaking my head. And my wife would go like this, why are you letting them talk? And I go, they told me to. They go, really? Well, your show sucks. <laughs> oh, that, that, that and, and, to the heart, doesn't it? <laughs> she goes like this. Well, your show sucks. Who cares what they're saying? They're 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 twenty year old interns, and I go. So I come home, man, and it's just that's the kind of shit I come home to. Why are you letting those guys talk? You'll never get the ratings you got before having those guys talking. So just so you know, Barrett, my wife, she she stuck her head around the corner. She goes. Why aren't you letting him finish shit that you're asking him? You're going on and on. And I go like this. Well, because you know me. And she's like this. Bro, you played seven pro years in 88 different leagues. This guy played 12 years in the NFL. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> well, look at look at it, it, East Side Monster. Bro, they don't like your hat, man. They don't like the Miami hat, man. Well, they can kiss my ass on that one. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what, too? They made me take my damn Buccaneer helmet off, okay, for the afternoon show when the Eagles took on the Buccaneers. Oh, and they were, oh yeah, they didn't like the Buck helmet. I'm like, I got drafted there by the Buccaneers, and Leroy gave me the jersey, man. I mean, they're like, I don't care. This is Eagle country, bitch. What are you thinking <laughs> about here? We don't like Anything else other than I'm going like, and so I changed it. I put my Canes helmet up and Xander goes like this, dude, they have the helmets, the dopest helmet, not this thing here. So we went back. Oh, he goes back to the, Hey maniac. Why don't you kiss my ass too, bro? All right, man. <laughs> yeah. I love you too, man. Why don't you kiss my ass, man? <laughs> hey, let me, what the hell? Oh yeah. I got, I got to recall my CTE here. Hey, the division. Um, What's happened in Dallas, how does that affect the Eagles well, as they go into free agency and into the draft? Because, I mean, Barrett, what I'm watching, when I'm seeing what's going on there, that may make me pause a little bit if I have to be overly aggressive. Well, there it is. That's it. Because there's going to be a lot of parity this year in, 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 in the division this year because they won't have that – I mean, in Dallas – had a legitimate, a legitimate super team. Dallas had the offense, the O-line. I mean, they had everything. On the defensive side of the ball, they had the defensive rookie of the year. I mean, they had, you know, guy that led the you know, league in interceptions and digs. And you don't win. You don't go out there. I mean, you won the division, but you're out the same time as the Eagles are out. That's just I mean, that's 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 totally, you know, not playing up to your expectations. Especially the expectations that Jerry Jones put. He went out there and signed and made a lot of dumb, stupid moves to get them where they were last year, and they fall on their face. That was a championship-built team that they had last year. At the beginning of the year, I didn't think the Eagles had a snowball's chance in hell of beating them. 
I, 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 I didn't think they had a chance of winning four games going into the year. I thought that they were going to be <laughs> the same team a year ago, and they got better coaching and they got better, better play, especially from the old line. And to be fair, better play than I thought from Jalen. Yes. Be honest about that because a lot of people didn't expect him to play as well as he played at all. Right. You know, given what he, what we saw him in, in the latter part of last season and going into the season, especially after five, uh, two and five, they thought this ship would already, you know, sunk. But Jalen turned things around. They started coaching him better. They started calling better plays. And this Eagles team started playing. And I don't want to hear all this, you know, look who they played in the party. So you play what your schedule play um, gives you. You know, yes, the Giants suck, but they lost. They went, they split with the Giants. Yeah. You look at the Washington football team, they beat them both times. But either way it goes, those are NFL caliber players. Say what you want to say about the Washington Commandos, but their defense was one of the top defenses in the league. They were well put together. In fact, they might have the, the most menacing front seven out of any team in the NFL. You look at those two Bama guys in the middle. And before, you know, before, you know, the last year, year for last chase ends up getting hurt. Chase Young was probably one of the most up-and-coming stars in the league, period. So, man, just look at, you know, the, look at what they did last year. They they played up to expect, um, above expectations, over expectations, and made it to the playoffs. They made it to the playoffs last year. So say you want to say about the Eagles. The Eagles went out there and did what they had to do. They got introduced these, these um, young players to being in the playoffs. That's all a feather in their hat, and that's all what you that you want your young guys to know, hey, look, this is what it feels like to be in the playoffs. Now that you've been here, let's go chase it again. But let's, let's just really get down and, and, and play well. You never know what could happen. And that's what this team is thinking now. They don't know what could happen, but they're going to play harder than probably any team in the division because they had a little sniff of the playoffs. Maniac thinks our show looks like Gilligan's Island where I'm like the uncle and you're like the best boat <laughs> captain. So we're now, according to him, Gilligan's Island. What a tool. <laughs> uh, what a tool. Gilligan's Island. Okay. All right. You're the best boat captain. And I'm well, so hey, well, you know, what? I, 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 I actually went, uh, went to the boat show uh, last week. And you know what I noticed? Did you buy a boat? I, no, I, this is what I'm saying. I figured out that I cannot afford the boat. I'd have to do like. But you got two of them already. Exactly. But you always want more. You know, you always want more. <laughs> And the boats that they had up there—if so you could have made it happen—you'd have three boats. Yeah, I, I already have three boats. <laughs> I got a fishing boat, I got a pontoon, and I got the big boat that I use is like my my um my shore house. This is my shore house boat. I never drive it anywhere, but um, I, I'm gonna fix it up this year. This year, I'm going at least take two or three tuna tuna trips, even though it's gonna cost. When I fill that thing up, bro. It cost me like eighteen hundred bucks to fill it up with diesel because I got two thirty two oh eights cat uh, motors in it, you know, diesel motors in it. Cost me like eighteen hundred bucks, and to run it all the way out to where the um, tuna are, you got to run it like seventy miles out. Yeah, you're gonna use all that. In fact, when I get back, I have less than a quarter of a tank left in my um in my tanks, and I got to refill it again just to get it back all the way there. So. It's tough, man. When you go out there, it costs you a lot. So you better catch some. You better catch some. Oh, well, but, you man, know what? If you do this during the summertime, I'll fly up. All right. Well, cool. I, I, there no, we go. I'll, I'll come up. I'll fly up there. And I'll tell you what. I'll buy the food. Put it out Let, there, man. Let's make it happen. Let's yeah, make it man, happen. You'll I'll, love. Hey, I would love to do that with you, man. Go out You'll there. Love and, like, it. Yep. 
you know, go out and catch some tuna, man. And by the way, I Barrett, I did not know how expensive that tuna is. Like these guys on that, because I watched that. Um, what's the the fisherman show? The best, yeah, yeah, best yeah, catch. Yeah. No, it's a uh, um um. Uh, this tuna fish, what is it called, man? I, why, I was it's just something the this. best catch or something like that. No, you're talking, about deadliest, you're talking about deadliest catch. That's when they deadliest go catch. That's when they go crabbing, man, to get those crabbing. But, um, but the, 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 the guys with the tuna, $40,000 if you catch one. Wicked like tuna. That's it right there. Thank you, Reyes. Uh, wicked tuna. Wicked, wicked tuna, tuna, bro. Dude, they come back. To, here's $50,000 $50, for like um, a you tuna get a thousand fish. pounder. You get a, they don't catch them. They don't catch those thousand pounders anymore because you know they they almost fished them out. That's why you can only catch one tuna a day. So they got to catch that one tuna, bring it all the way back, and then go out again. You know, it's it's expensive, man, because they might pay twelve hundred bucks. But you go out to twelve hundred bucks, you might get a fish that gives you ten grand. A ten grand fish, you know, is 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 unbelievable, man. In What's fact, the biggest tuna you ever caught? An eighty pounder, the biggest tuna wow. I ever caught, eighty pounder, yeah. That's only 80 pounds. That's nothing compared to what they do. I caught one two years ago that was that was 60, 60 pounds. And I, you know. You fillet it yourself, right? No, you make it in steaks. And you, when you catch a fish like that, like you can't just bring it home because you're wasting meat. You can only, it's only so much um, tuna that you can eat. So I usually, we share it with our whole dock. Everybody gets, you know, some tuna because you can't really freeze it. You know, the meat, you know. It, yeah. It doesn't go bad or anything. powder, right? Yeah, you know, so. You really can't freeze it, but you know, it's, it's you just share it with the doc. Everybody eats good. Everybody eats, you know, you know, tuna tartar and all that stuff for, you know, a couple of days, you know, and then, uh, you know, you go out there and catch you another one. <laughs> it's the I funnest thing it. ever, bro. It's the funnest thing ever, man. And, and it's tough trying to reel those suckers in too. I mean, tough, tough, tough. I when I like I said when I go fishing out with because Jimmy does that. He goes like he leaves at. Four in the morning, four thirty in the morning, right when you're starting to see the sun, and that dude won't come back until like five thirty. He's pulling in right when it's the sun's going down. Right, he spends, <laughs> he fishes every day. That's the life. <clears throat> he fishes every day. He barely goes out to Los Angeles now. I mean, he, he loves doing that show, but no way, man. The keys, that's where Big Tills is headed. After my kid gets out of college, you won't find me. I'm going to dig a trench around my house. <laughs> I'm going to fill it with gasoline and kerosene where no one can come into my property any longer. <laughs> I'm going to burn the bridge, okay? I'm going to have people, like, pair drop my, my supplies. You would think I'm in Ukraine. They're going to drop all that stuff in on there. I, I, all my food, I don't want – and only there's a secret way to get in through a tunnel that my boys are going to be able to come in because <laughs> I'm going to have a dock on the back, and I'm going to head out, and I'm going to live on my own island because, you know, friends, man, they're overrated. They they just – they let you down all the time. And plus this is like to keep a few of my family members out too. So I'll be like – I'll have just 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 a, my, my little domicile with my own moat. Well, somebody, That's you know the ultimate Big Sills dream. Isn't um doesn't uh what's his name have a mold around his house um court, former quarterback for Miami what's his name um That's the Dan funny. Marino Dan Marino Dan Marino has one as he has a mold yeah. around his house huh? he's got a mold around his house and he lives in Parkland Florida he does he has a mold around his house 
And he tells, don't, don't, yeah, you have to have like a secret code to get across the moat or alligators get your ass. <laughs> yeah, I'm not kidding. Marino's, Marino just doesn't have it. Getting close to Dan Marino is not as easy as it used to be back in the day because people have hosed him and took his money too, dude. This business partner that he had in South Florida sold him all these restaurant ideas. Oh, dude, you know this. Restaurant ideas, man. Man, opening a restaurant ain't it. Okay. No. And I hate to do it to you. I had a restaurant for way to lose your dough. I had a, I had a restaurant for, for for three and a half years, man. Three and a half years, and and and, and how much pain was in that? It was a pain in the ass, but I loved it. And the only reason I closed it down is I had a um I went out and got a um a, a beer and liquor license, and I paid like at the time I paid like one hundred twenty five thousand dollars for it, and you can't have a school daycare oh. center or whatever within 500 feet of it. So for three years, I gave this daycare center free food and everything. Treated Wait a minute, them real you nice. preached the daycare center to get your liquor license? But listen to this. So soon as um soon as you you know go up there and you apply and you get the liquor license, then you have to apply to the building. When I go to apply to the building, they come out and they put a sticker on your um on your door. Hey, this 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 restaurant or whatever is um, petition for a liquor license. If you have any problems with it, then you uh, you know you go up there. So everybody's cool. It's like two weeks before we're about to get the liquor license put on the building, and somebody goes up and petitions it. And when they petition it, it turned out to be that um, that daycare center. I'm like, yo, you know what the hell? Well, it was 487 feet from my restaurant. So they come over and tell me, hey, if you give us five thousand a month. We'll, um, you you know we'll let you get the liquor license. We'll let you keep the liquor license. I said, "Oh, you're gonna extort me five thousand dollars a month for me to get it." Dominic Luigi, hey, <laughs> that's crazy, man. And we've been giving free food and everything. Man, I cussed that lady out so bad. I was, oh, man, I'll shut this restaurant down before I let that happen. Hey. And I shut the restaurant down because of it. I'm going to tell you a couple stories about the Lawrence Taylor restaurant tomorrow. <laughs> hey, I, I tell you, man, I'm not sure what that place was really, but there was some drinking and there was some bar stools in there. But I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you tomorrow because I got invited to it a few times and I, I do remember leaving. I got, I got invited five times. I do remember leaving once. Okay, I, I, I will tell you the story tomorrow. Barrett, thanks for having me, brother. I really appreciate it. You know I love doing this with you, man. Peace appreciate out to you, you guys yep. tomorrow. Don't forget also, afternoon, National Football Show. We'll see you then. Catch you on the flip side. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view. It goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the wind. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears.
Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian. In my heart, I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.